0: Welcome to the Conversations with Women of Colour podcast with your hosts Danusha and Megan. In today's episode of Conversations with Women of Colour, we speak to Kanya. She is a personal branding coach for social media. She was previously an actress, model and presenter. You can tell she has an impressive resume. Today, she focuses on nano influencers and she has courses out to teach them on how to live their best life and use social media to create their business we chat about influencer marketing in south africa what is the difference between a nano micro and mega influencer and much much more
1: hi Kanye, how are you doing
2: i'm doing so good how are you megan how are you D?
1: I'm very well, thank you for asking. We are so excited to speak to you today. Um, Post Nusha and I have been chatting about this for weeks, so we really can't wait to hear your insights on influencer marketing.
2: Hi, Paella. I'm so excited. <laughs> Dee, I'm super, super excited. I'm so honored that you guys even wanted to chat to me. I'm so, so excited for, for this conversation.
0: Excuse me, what? Of course we want to chat to you. I think I've been waiting for this moment <laughs> for a long time. You're
1: <laughs> <So> welcome.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: So Kanya, please tell us more about your brand and what you do.
2: Cool. So I am a social media growth as well as business coach. I primarily work with millennials that do have an idea of what the social media space is about, but they've just been struggling to really um, use it to launch lifestyles that they want. Um, I think with millennials, more than any other age group like before, We just know that there's a bit of a scam going on. (laughs) And a lot of us just really want to be our own bosses and be in control of our own time and not have to hustle and grind for 30 years, you know, and and still not be where we want to be. And they have compromised our entire quality of life to try to get to this position, which doesn't make us happy anyways. Um, And I've just really found a way to use social media um, to do that. And the way that I started was first through booking brand deals and getting that money and building that community so that I could evolve into a full, fully fledged business, which is now bringing me in over 6K every single month. I control my time and I just wanted to really share those tips, that blueprint with other struggling millennials.
1: That is amazing. I'm so inspired by your story. Like, that is really, really amazing. Well done.
2: Thank you so much. It is so funny because you feel like it's going to be this massive undertaking and it's really not as long as you have the blueprint because you don't know what you don't know and you can't move forward, obviously. Um, But once you know, you're like, wow, how did I fall for the scam? How did I like do all of these things? I just didn't sit right (laughs) with me and what I want. Um, Yeah, it's really, really funny because it's actually not that difficult. You just need the guidance and the info.
0: That's amazing! I love that the fact that you don't know what you don't know. I like I keep saying that to people as well, so it's very interesting. Um, and I also, I'm one of your students, so guys, you've got to check out her course. <laughs> Intent. Um, so, kind of tell me why are you passionate about influencer marketing?
2: So, I think it has to do with autonomy. And the fact that um, it, it really has given a lot of people a lot of access and options that just weren't there for them before. And, and especially in a place like South Africa, Africa, where things like jobs, very exclusive, things like education, super exclusive, like completely reserved for those that can't afford it, and the majority of the country simply cannot. Um, and influencer marketing really did bring in an option that the traditional markets just did not have for a lot of people. So the fact that I was able to break into it using pretty much my phone and kind of stumbling through the dark at until I landed my first brand deal and then was able to do it over and over again, I was like, if I can do this, then that means that the rural girl in the Eastern Cape, because I'm from there, can do it as well. As long as they have Wi-Fi or data as well as their cell phone, they can do it too.
0: Sure, that's amazing. Hey, I actually forgot that you're from the Eastern Cape. Um, That's beautiful the way you put it. Like Anyone can access it. Anyone can become an influencer and it's so powerful um that you just need internet and a cell phone i mean what what's to lose then hey
2: exactly one 110 we have everything to gain as a country from this new age and from the um, tech and what's going on online like we have everything to gain
1: You are 100% correct. So I just want to speak about one of the courses you offer. It's called Impact Influencer. What is the inspiration behind this course? And maybe just tell us um, a little bit more about the course as well.
2: I love that question. Okay, so um, the course is a self-paced online course. Um, once you enroll, you get two years access to it. It's over 50 videos, a lot of amazing downloads, as well as once a month we all meet for a Q&A and I teach and anything that's new that has come up since we last spoke, I like to cover as well. Now, this is for anyone that, again, feels like they are online, but don't know how to actually get started, how to curate their community, so that they can crack open those opportunities. Um, And one of them being brand deals that I focus a lot on inside of the course. But there's another one known as um, digital products, and one of them being masterclasses. And I actually teach my impact influencers how they can launch their, their own masterclass absolutely free. So it's all profit and you are literally just spending time. That's all that it it will actually cost you. Whereas if you were an entrepreneur and you're trying to start a business, usually you would need like some big monetary investment, a lot of capital to do it. And that is the inspiration. I'm trying to get people to be able to really start their own uh, multiple streams of income using social media and um the first one and the one that i always recommend is through brand deals which is what the course mostly focuses on but then i do do a little intro towards um everything else that you can do once you've booked your first 10 brand deals so that you can evolve and not have to rely on a brand to uh, pick you also if a brand feels that your community is good enough for them to start putting money towards marketing then why wouldn't you leverage your own community
1: absolutely love that. And I think that um, millennials these days understand that you cannot rely on one source of income. Like we are hustlers. We are constantly utilizing our time and, you know, making use of things like social media to, you know, get a second stream of income. So I think that is absolutely amazing. And I'm definitely going to check out the course um, after this recording.
2: That's super exciting. And, and you're so right. There's this one thing called the millennial migration. Basically, millennials can't afford property anymore to the point where even rentals, everyone's moving home. Like no one can afford anything. And so we've really been the first people to be like, this is a scam and this doesn't work and we need to pave our own way.
0: Yeah, you put it so beautifully. Um, I remember in the beginning or in your earlier days, you said like, you have 30,000 followers, you have 20,000 followers. Some people just grow these high followings and then they don't use it. And you would be like, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> Why are you not leveraging your own followers? I mean, imagine growing a high following organically and then not leveraging it in this day and age where you can't afford Avos and property. So (laughs) I think, yeah, you've just put it amazingly. Um, So I just wanted to ask you, how do you feel about influencer marketing in South Africa, Tanya?
2: I absolutely love it. eh? I know there's a lot of haters (laughs) and like a lot of people just are not into (laughs) influencer marketing, but I literally, I absolutely love it. And I'm not really one of those people that lets a few bad apples speak for the entire majority So for me, I'm just like, we can't keep acting shocked and surprised when the same people keep doing the same kind of nonsense. And we also can't let them speak on behalf of an entire industry. So that's where I'm coming from. I I feel really, really good about it. I think it's going to crack open a lot of opportunities. And it already has, actually, for a lot of people.
0: Definitely. Um, I agree with you there. I have a couple of true and false um, statements. Please let me know how you feel about them. The first one is people hate influencers because it's trendy. <laughs>
2: um, no, I think it's false. You don't think no, it's true yeah, at I all? Th- really? Yeah, I think cancel culture <laughs> is trendy, but that's not unique to influencers. I mean, we see everyday people be- being canceled for being racist online we see Mm -hmm. celebrities being canceled we see you know what i mean so for me it's not the influencer cancellation part that is trendy more than just cancel culture can sometimes be trendy
0: okay that's actually a really good point the next statement is influencers are disliked because being in the public eye means they're asking for it
2: False. Oh, that is scary. (laughs) People are nuts. (laughs) No, false, false, false. Um, I think when you are in the public eye, you are leaving yourself vulnerable to critics, to a lot of people's opinions, and to people just not liking you. I mean, I, I feel like I speak for most people when I say not every single person that I've come across has liked me and I'd like them. And now the online space has given them a platform where they can voice that opinion. So it's tough, but I don't think you deserve it just because you're online. But I think you need to be aware that you have wages are vulnerable to it.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think, I think that's the case. Like you can't be everyone's cup of tea and you also shouldn't try to be. Um, the next statement is, influencers don't do anything of value. <laughs>
2: Oh God, no, false, 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 false. false. Can I tell you, the number of entrepreneurs that are successful right now is in direct relation to influencers. All of these mom and pop stores that would have gone under when things went online, all of these new companies such as Gymshark and Fashion Nova, all of these models even, they honestly would not be here. The, the amount of positive impact that being an influencer has had on the economy and people's lives is undeniable.
0: Oh, that's yo, I need to read those stats and I, I think everyone needs to be aware of those stats. Also, I think that if people actually try to do what we do, even for just a day, then they would understand how much value, how much time and how much effort goes into it. Um, so the last statement is influencers are entitled
2: no I think people are I think the same personalities that you find online you'll find behind closed doors you'll find arrogant doctors doing mal, malpractice just so that they can get more money lawyers politicians teachers it, it's, it's just a people thing it's just that some people are lucky enough that it's behind closed doors and then others are online
0: Mm. And I often think that we don't actually speak about the entitlement that we face from people when they comment. Like, for example, someone commented on my McDonald's McMuffin um, breakfast that I ordered and I posted in my story and they were like, oh, we need to get you from like stop eating that. That's not healthy. And I'm like, who asked you? (laughs) You know, we face that kind of thing every now and then. So, yeah, I guess entitlement comes from just people in general. So that's a
2: really good point. Exactly. One one hundred percent. I mean people don't like my voice. People um because I'm I'm not really too self-conscious about my body when it comes to online. So I post anything. And then someone, because I I had like a crop top and jeans, and they DM'd me and they were like, hey girl. I have these diet pills that I've used. If you ever want to check them out, that you have have a flat stomach. I was like, who are you? It happens all the time. It is, it is a people thing. People are
1: nuts. I'm so sorry about that. That's ridiculous. I cannot believe that anyone would um, offer you diet pills. That's ridiculous. Oh my goodness
2: it is so wild megan i wish i could show you my dms it's like the wild west day people are saying the craziest, <laughs> craziest things
1: and i cannot believe that someone said you don't have um like they can't um, listen to your voice you have such a beautiful voice and you have this really amazing energy so i cannot understand why anyone wouldn't want to listen to you I also think that <laughs> as well. Like, really, I could listen to you all day. I mean, if I could just watch all your courses like all
0: day, I would do it.
2: <laughs> Thank you, guys. You guys are so sweet. It's It's so funny because I've done radio before. I've done presenting before. Um, and no one said, said anything about my voice. And then I came online and suddenly my voice is an issue. <laughs> but I mean, it really just goes, goes back to the question. It's just a people thing. People are entitled. People are just out of line.
1: Yeah, it's insane. It's crazy. <laughs> so um, back in the day when I started blogging, we used to call ourselves bloggers. And obviously with time, Um, I don't actually identify as a blogger anymore. I identify as a content creator. So I want to know from you, what is the difference between a blogger, content creator, and an influencer?
2: I love that. Okay. So a content creator is pretty much anyone that's releasing curated content online. So you can be a content creator and not book brand deals, whereas an influencer is in marketing. So there's creation of content, which completely an um, influencer does do, but they are more in the marketing side of things. So they help to curate a certain lifestyle, a certain aesthetic, a certain feel, using certain products, experiences, all of those things. Whereas if I'm an artist, I could do something, take a picture of it, and then put it online, and now I've become a content creator as well, and people can buy my um, products. Doesn't mean I'm an influencer. Then um, bloggers, I think um, blogging is just a type of communication, which is all that social media is. So vlogger is just someone that communicates via video, and then bloggers usually communicate via writing and pictures so you're going to be an Instagram blogger but you can also be an Instagram blogger depending on the kind of content that you are releasing.
1: That is really interesting and um, a lot of times people find um, they kind of question um, the term influencer or they have um, an issue with that term influencer. How, why do you think that happens?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's very, very true. And I think it goes back to the few rotten apples, the kind of drama, like the um, influences that are in the public eye the most are usually in lifestyle, fitness and beauty. um, And they just seem to be in the most drama, but at the same time, they are under the you know camera and the eye, the public eye, more than other kinds of influences. Like there's other, con- communities so I'm busy researching this one community it's just clowns it's a community of clowns and they help each other out with like paint and gigs and tricks and juggling and it is like a whole other world that I did not know even existed They have so much drama. Like, they have so much drama. (laughs) No one (laughs) Listen, it is amazing. It is is lots of drama. But no one knows because they aren't in the public eye as much as the beauty and fitness and so on and so on. So it just looks like um, the ones like we we are all human and we are all going to make mistakes but some people's mistakes are captured and they should be held accountable for their mistakes so they do have a responsibility when you are in the public eye um and i think that's what's going on right now because when i say influencer no one thinks of clowns no one thinks of dog walking and the whole dog community no one thinks of car and tech but a lot of them think of beauty fitness and lifestyle um and they are just scrutinized more and they have become the posted um children for influencers and some of them are hella problematic and that is what's kind of happened to the culture of being an influencer and um being called an an, an influencer
0: were you serious about the clown thing though are you actually researching clowns or was that just a
2: metaphor <laughs> No, D, go go check them out. There's a whole community. There's coaches, there's clowns, there's people that do gigs together. And then also they're very into like tech and like magic as well. So it's like a whole other world. It's absolutely amazing. You have to go check them out.
0: Oh my gosh. I am stunned. I had no idea. I will definitely check it out. Um, And I'm hoping to be entertained as well. And speaking about drama um the the industry just seems to be a little bit toxic uh internally i've experienced it and then externally as well people have this perception as well um even if they're not influencers or bloggers so we've also seen bloggers look down on other bloggers when they don't get paid campaigns themselves or maybe when they think there's no brand alignment or i don't know maybe there's a little bit of jealousy why do you think that the industry can be a bit toxic
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's for multiple reasons. Um, And I think also they have a lot of people fighting for scraps. And that's, of course, going to create tension and jealousy between um, creators. It'll be between anyone. Um, And I think there's just this, this sort of competitiveness that a lot of people have created that stems from what influencership used to be before it went online so influencers used to be the celebs the magazine editors the lawyers the producers like those people are the ones that had influence and really helped market certain products and lifestyles and all those things um and there was competition there as well people just feel like they have to fight for scraps um, which is just completely not true, but it 's to the benefit of the marketing companies and to the benefit of the brands if all creators feel like they 're fighting for scraps and are they willing to take free you know stuff to do this massive amount of work because it 's better than nothing because it 's better than not getting anything at all, and then that brings the entire morale of the industry down. So I think there's lots of different angles to it. And one of them is definitely the fact that for some reason, everyone is convinced that we are all in competition. Meanwhile, if we stood together, we would be all the better for it. Marketing's not going anywhere. Products aren't going anywhere. So therefore, marketing can't go anywhere. So there's no scraps that we all have to fight for. And there are way more brands, there are way more products and there are way more companies than they can ever be influencers. Like walk down the aisle at Clicks or Disking or Pick and Pay or Woolworths. Look at how many brands they are and then consider how many influencers they really are. Every single one of those brands needs marketing. So I don't know, there's just this, and, and I mean, it's just not true. It is blatantly, observably, um, visually not true that we have to fight for scraps and there's no work. There's a lot of work. Um, and then, also, I think that there's something to be said for stand culture as well as cancel culture because now it 's two extremes: people completely loving you and people completely hating you and now that is the responsibility of um as well us as followers as well and consumers to make sure that there's more balance and that we aren't feeding into that toxic toxic culture as well so i think a lot of people play a role in creating the current environment and um, not just influencers, but also the consumers and followers and then also the brands themselves
0: mm, that's so interesting the way you put it um also then i know you're a big fan of brand deals and there's obviously enough to go around i also believe that should we be fighting for scraps then you said brands are benefiting from it so i mean then how important is a brand deal because i know smaller content creators or bloggers um or whatever they call themselves they are wanting to get that brand deal um they comment on, on on my post saying like you know well done every time they see a brand deal and then they'll dm me to say you know oh you're doing so well just because i'm getting brand deals i mean how important is it i know it's important to get like a few but then past that, I mean, are we placing too much emphasis on brand deals, maybe?
2: That's a great, great question. That's a really, really good one. Okay. So, I, it, it, it completely depends. So, people have associated brand deals with massive amounts of wealth, uh, which is just not true. <laughs> like, especially mm. when you are a nano-influencer, this one brand deal is not going to get you on a private jet to Bali. Like, it's just not going to happen. So that's, that's, that, that's one thing that's going on is that people associate it with money. But when you become very conscious and very aware, this is what I teach my impact influencers, I mean, D U I you know this, is that it's authority. Mm-hmm. The minute that a brand um, books you, suddenly you have authority and other brands start booking you people start taking you more seriously your community becomes closer and now when you've booked about 10 to 15 and your community is like no she is legit she is it you can now evolve and have your own products have your own community build your own empire end up in like 15 years as you know fenty or Dior or whatever it is all because those brands validated you and gave you authority that a lot of other creators just don't have because they aren't booking brand deals so that is the weight of a brand deal for me um i am not under the impression that brand deals are going to make me a multimillionaire. millionaire i am a micro stroke nano influencer it is not gonna, like it is not in the car to me maybe if I had over a couple of million followers and subs and views and all those things, a brand deal could be, you know, $10,000 per brand deals, uh, per per brand deal, sorry. And then throughout the year, if I have, you know, 50, 60, how, how, however many brand deals, then in rands I really have struck out at over a million rands just off of brand deals. So I completely lean into brand deals as a way to build authority so that you can get to your end goal and your end lifestyle quicker.
0: Mm, that makes a hundred percent total sense. Um and then you'll get people that grow their following into like large amounts, like six hundred thousand, four hundred thousand, and then book their first brand deal, which is insane. Um but I've also seen that happening because they basically just turn down everything until they're like ready or until they get like the perfect brand sponsorship um or alignment and maybe the money as well. Maybe it's not like their full time um gig for instance um so i do I do see that like it could be not just about um you know booking the brand deals and like maybe later on then booking it and then growing from there even after you've grown. But yeah, I know your course and I know that it works. So I do stand by what you say as well.
2: Yeah, and, and you've brought up a very, very good point. Those kinds of people, that's a conscious marketing strategy. So if my entire messaging leans on trust me when it comes to product reviews and videos because I don't take brand deals, Of course, you're going to grow because now you're building authority through your marketing strategy and your brand messaging. I'm the most trustworthy. I'm this, I'm that, I'm whatever. That's just a strategy that people use so that when they are at 600,000 and they do get that brand deal, they can charge more or they can go ahead and release their own products and their own merch and then they can fit into that whole um, community that they've created. where. We are all self-efficient. You can trust me. So that means that my products are good as well. That means that when when I recommend something, it's not because I'm, I'm I'm getting paid to. It's just a brand message, a brand identity, and a marketing strategy. It's very, very conscious. And if if you look at all of those people that have done that, they all have companies. They knew exactly what they were doing. They were building a relationship between themselves and their audience so that they could get to a point where they could, launch a company and have it be successful because they build so much trust.
1: I, I think that's so important and um, I just want to speak about something on brand deals um, or any sort of uh, collaboration that's done with an influencer and a brand. Um, there are people who question um, the code of ethics around influencer marketing um, and one of the reasons why Um, people sometimes don't trust influencers is because one week they're doing um, a project or collaboration with a brand and then the following week they're releasing content that is um, associated with a direct competitor. So Kanya, I want to know, do you think this is why people also don't uh, trust influencers?
2: 100% I've seen and influencers do this and i'm like this is a cash grab you are literally using us to grab money you don't care about whether or not we actually end up purchasing all of this stuff if it works if it doesn't work it might even harm us if it's a scam um it is just a cash grab and way too many influencers are doing this um so there's two practices that are pretty bad when it comes to being an influencer and then you can lose your actual community Number one is back-to-back brand deals. When it feels like every single post is a brand deal, people are like, well, where's the value? We didn't come here for you to just market new products to us. We came here to like connect with you. And then the second part of that is when people book brand deals that don't align with their brand. And your community is the first to pick that up. Don't listen to other like influencers necessarily. Listen to people that are actually inside of your corner. And if they turn around and they say to you, this doesn't make sense, I don't understand what you're doing, or they comment, get get your money, get your coin, whatever it is, then you know that you've crossed that boundary and this brand deal was an absolute mistake. So those are the two things that you really want to avoid, back-to-back brand deals to the point where your entire feed just seems like it's just you trying to sell us something every single day. And then number two aligning with things that don't make sense so if i'm a luxury influencer and then i align myself with yardly or revlon or clicks then it's like well we definitely can't trust you this is a money grab because you use chanel dior and fenty and then today now you want to use yardly that makes no sense
1: i absolutely agree with you there um there are a few influencers that i unfollowed and it's not because they're not talented or i didn't like the content but it's just one of two reasons, um, perhaps they didn't add any value or every single post is a paid sponsorship. And it's not that I'm jealous or anything, but sometimes you do question the um, authenticity behind it because um, these days I gravitate towards influences that add value. So, you know, what type of content are they releasing that's gonna make my life a little bit better? Because I mean, we spend so much time on social media I don't just want to be sold products all the time
2: exactly exactly and and now the platforms are selling us products anyways through paid advertising it's just like now there's there's nothing for me online if everyone is is, is just trying to sell I will come there if I want like a marketplace if I'm looking for a new cream or like something like that That's what's going to end up happening. People are going to start using social media as a catalog for purchases and then log out. There'll be no more connecting, no more nothing if we carry on going down this route where influencers don't know how to say no and they're just money grabbing. And then the platform is prioritizing their their own money and their own bag over the actual products and consumers, which, by the way, is us. We are the products that Instagram is selling. And when they don't value us and our attention, people start to drop off the same way that they did for Mixit, for Snapchat, for any of these other platforms that have come and gone. It's simply because the user experience, aka the product, was no longer satisfied.
0: Mm, 100% we are the product being sold. So, yeah, we have to also watch who we follow and why we follow them. And then also, I wanted to talk to you about the regulatory um, or the regulations for influencer marketing in South Africa. There's no regulatory board right now for influencer marketing. Um, I would actually think that the industry would do well with regulations. What is your stance on this? And could this board be formed?
2: That's really, really interesting. So there was a board being formed last year. I haven't found up on it since because there was so much outrage. Um, come to find when we started researching who the members of the board are, they were mostly older white males that weren't even on social media necessarily, but they owned social media agencies as well. Um, there were barely any creators, influencers, nothing. It was all just business people that made part of a board that would regulate their own products um it was the wildest wildest thing that i've ever seen i think a board is necessary but who is on that board is paramount i mean it is it is so so vital that we have the right people inside of an association like that because if you just have business people then they're going to put down regulations that benefit them and their businesses but don't benefit creators who are again the actual products So I think that a board is necessary. I think it needs to be regulated. I think there's a lot um, of stuff going on that shouldn't be happening and wouldn't be happening if we had a board. But also on the flip side, I think to protect influencers and creators, we need a board. We need representation. There's too much exploitation going on. Um, Brands need to come correct. This whole trade exchange thing needs to simmer down a little bit. And we need to have a board that says that... um, you need to approach creators like any other job. The same way that a doctor doesn't work on a trade exchange, creators aren't doing that either.
1: I fully agree with you. I think it's so important that we have um, representation on those boards. Um, And I think it's so important that we also have influencers or content creators um, on that board because they understand the industry, they understand what's happening. Um, if a business person takes over, it just um, it's kind of created from their perspective, which is sometimes very different to our experiences. One hundred
2: percent, one one hundred percent. They they cannot talk from our shoes. They can only talk as business owners. Um so we need to have representation and, and it needs to be intersectional. It needs to be white women, it needs to be black, Indian, Asian women, and it also needs to be trans women, and then it needs to be men. Like men are just not represented, but granted, they are also some of the highest paid creators, even though they are the minority. So there's a little bit of a weird thing going on there that, that, that we need to um address as well so i think that's dead like like i think about it in the beauty world it is women in numbers like men cannot hold a candle but the highest paid are jeffrey star are Mm james charles are manny mea that's unacceptable like 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 that is misogyny that is male privilege like happening right there and then completely unacceptable when the um the money and the pay does not represent the actual numbers and the people in there if you look at business owners like who owns l'oreal and all of those big companies again it's mostly white men even though the consumer is mostly a woman there's there's definitely a problem and a lot of male privilege and and misogyny going on there that we definitely have to unpack um but just to address the board it starts at that level the people that are going to represent influences and and this industry and the space have to come from within the industry and the space itself
1: yeah that is a very interesting I I never knew that Mel um Influencers are the highest paid. Um, sure, I'm actually in shock right now. <laughs> I need a minute. <laughs> um, kind of, what is the what is the future of influencer marketing?
2: Um, I I'm not too sure. That's a very interesting question because marketing is a very creative industry and a very creative field. You never know what direction it could possibly go in. So I'm very interested to see what it looks like in the next, you know, 10, 15 years. Um, but there's no undoing it. There's no going back. There will always be influences and there always has been influences. It's just that there were editors and models and celebs. And now we have, you know, creative space where the everyday person can now join those rankings as well. So I'm hoping that it starts to become more and more inclusive, which I think is where it's headed um but the way that it will be done in the future i'm very interested to see i honestly couldn't guess marketing is just way too creative you just never know what what is next
0: Mm, And it's the same with digital. I mean, well, it's obviously all digital, but, you know, it's just like digital marketing as a whole is ever-changing. And just speaking about, like, journalists as well as, like, media and editors and that kind of thing, I mean, the smart people became content creators. But at the time that they were journalists, I mean, they weren't questioned. Um, As much as influencers are questioned on their ethics – I don't think the journalists, um, the people who wrote for magazines, the media, newspaper, all of that, they want not as as much as, as we are. So I think we also need to like, be wary that we're doing the same thing. It's just you also um, trust who you trust, and you, you might not trust people just because people don't trust collectively like, in all types of influences. So yeah, I think that's just interesting. Yeah, for
2: sure. And, and it's very interesting, because even the journalists that we technically couldn't trust, people still loved. Heat Magazine, I will never forget Heat Magazine. <laughs> like, that, that journalism was just, it, it was well, not founded on anything necessarily true, right, or unfactual. But we bought it, and we loved it, and we enjoyed it, and we still took it as what, as, as what it was, which was just purely for our entertainment. Um, And I think for some reason, people don't like to segment influencers in the same way. So if one influencer messes up, it's everyone. There are no individuals. Sorry, it's like Sandra. There are no, like, just, just like the one person can't stand alone. Every single influencer speaks for the entire industry, which is just not okay and not right and was never a thing a couple of years ago. Um, and, and and it's a very, very good point. And I'm not too sure how we can get out of that more than we need more conscious consumers, followers, and, and subs.
0: Mm, I absolutely hear you. I also wanted to talk about the internet censorship bill. Um, it was recently signed in by the president. How does this impact content creators and influencers?
2: So I think where the confusion comes in is that this is being run by the Film and Publications Board, and it was actually more for media that was released by filmmakers. But they've made it so broad that that, that encompasses us as well. And that's where people really aren't seeing the actual issue. So even if the Film Board did not want to take legal action against us, they are legally able to. So the day that they decide that they don't like what influencers are posting or whatever it is, they have complete legal capacity to um, take us to court, to fine us, to shut down all of our channels and, and streams of income. Um, and I think that's the issue. A lot of people are like, "Yeah, but it's not for influencers. It doesn't matter if it's." I'm um, saying influencers like specifically. What it is saying is content creators. What it's saying is digital media. And what it's saying is online distribution, which equals WhatsApp, by the way. So if your WhatsApp messages can be monitored and, and, and you can be fined based off of you know a WhatsApp message or maybe a really cute video that someone sends you that is a friend of yours, that's a problem. So they need to rewrite it to make sure that it, that, that it excludes the everyday person as well as the influencer and is very specific to the industry that they're trying to monitor which by the way is a problem on its own because Mm -hmm. journalists fall within that industry which means that now journalists are going to start being monitored by the state and it's downhill from there should should that ever happen
0: that's crazy (laughs) that is just plain down crazy it doesn't make any sense in my mind that that could even happen um so yeah i'm interested to see what happens for me or not because i honestly don't know yeah no it is it is
2: super super crazy and it's very very scary we need to not give them the power to censor us like that to be honest um because now it is up to the kindness of their heart whether or not they are going to make every single person that's on social media pay 8,000 rand or whatever the price is to be on social media as a broadcaster. That is our parents, that is our cousins. Those are our kids when we have them or if we have them one day. That is everyone is going to be charged a certain amount just to be able to connect online, which then makes being online exclusive and elitist because now the most impoverished and the people that can't afford to just drop 8K to be online won't be able to do it. And now that almost defeats the entire purpose of social media and being online because now it's being able to connect anyone from anywhere to anyone.
1: Sure, um, that is really interesting. And I think that it will impact the, um, the future of influencer marketing.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. I can see a lot of influencers just being like, yep, that's, that's just not for me. And them not being online anymore, because like I said, especially if you are nano, you're not making like massive amounts of money online. So the um, business itself might not be paying itself, and you might not be having a profit when you're small. So to incur even more costs that you can't cover, like I, I. I see a lot of nano and smaller accounts completely disappearing. And the bigger accounts that do get the bigger brand deals and the bigger bags can definitely afford to be online. And then the, and and, and then they have a monopoly over the entire industry, which is currently happening anyways. So yeah, I don't see anything good coming out of this. If, 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 if this bill is really passed and You know, maybe sometime in the future when influencer marketing gets really big and really, you know, impactful, they might be like, let's charge these influencers. They have money. And then suddenly accounts like our accounts will fall away.
1: But don't you also think that's going to force people into buying followers? They're already doing that right now in any case. Um, brands especially or even other influencers, they measure their their success by the number of followers they have. So do you think that's going to put a bit more pressure on content creators now because they may want to have a minimum of 300,000 followers, for example?
2: I do. I do. I think that a lot of people um, measure their success using vanity metrics. Um, which is understandable. I can see why, because those metrics really were the most important as early as a year or two ago, but it's not the case anymore. But if they're going to put in something that's, that um, is, is going to pressure people to look like big influencers so that they can book brand deals and masterclasses and 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 so that they have enough money to be online, I can completely see that happening for sure.
1: Yeah, Um. I think that influencers are also questioned as to how they make money. So sometimes big influencers are frowned upon when they take on projects or campaigns that don't uh, resonate or align with the brand. Um, how do you or how do we encourage ethical behavior in the industry?
2: Oh, great. Yeah, great. I think what you first need to do is give everyone the kind of education that i'm giving my students which is the business side of things um because that's going to relieve a lot of financial stress now people don't feel like they have to fight for brand deals because they can just collab on a masterclass. they can collab on a meetup they can collab on a project and they can make money like that and now suddenly that pressure of saying yes to 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 this brand deal because of how big the check is is no longer there So I think if we can have more business-minded and educated influencers, we would relieve a lot of that pressure.
0: Okay, that makes perfect sense. Um, Speaking about the um, ethical side as well, um, I just wanted to ask you, is there a way to access... So, okay, I know you offer courses, but then is there a way for other people to access information online? Say they want you to become influencers that might be free. I mean, there's YouTube, right?
2: Okay, this is a really good question. So this kind of goes into marketing, psychology, consumer psych, somewhere there. Um, people have one of two things that motivates their movement. People that have money care about time, so they buy courses. The people that don't have money will spend time finding for this. I'm I'm trying to get the same info. So it takes them longer to get to the end goal. And that's generally how people move. Um, So for me, I feel like it depends. If you've got money, get the coach, get the resources, make your life easier. Don't um, spend seven hours every day. Every single day on YouTube, trying to find that one piece of information that you might or might not get. (laughs) And I think we've all been there because that's kind of how we all started was just hours and hours of consuming all of this content to try and make sense of it in a way that that, that we can move forward as creators. Um, So, yes, you can Google, you can YouTube. You can go on Instagram, you can try to find free books, you can join groups that are on Facebook for small creators, all of those things. But what you're gonna pay is time. And if you're holding down a nine to five, plus you're a mom, plus you're a partner, plus, plus all of these other things, you might not have that. So I think people just have to really assess their life and their lifestyle um and and really see what they can afford if they can afford time they must invest it if they can afford money they must invest it but all of the resources are readily available in almost every single kind of form Tanya, i just
1: have another question for you last week i had a meeting with a brand manager she is um keen on doing a collaboration and um Unfortunately, the previous uh, influencer that she worked with was unprofessional. They had a contract in place. Um, She didn't honor the contract. Um, None of the posts were published on time, they had to follow up. She didn't um, honor the number of posts either. It was just, it just sounded very dramatic um, and just sounded really professional or unprofessional. Um, So I have a question because. While I was chatting to her, um, it just sounded as if she is or she places a lot of value on the number of followers any influencer has. So how long do you think it's going to take for the South African market to understand the power of nano or micro influencers and the high engagement rate that they have? Oh, that's yeah,
2: great. So I think that it is not our responsibility. But the brands have a responsibility. Somehow, the responsibility has landed on us as creators and influencers. But it's the brands that have to educate themselves and do the actual work. And you know, being an influencer only really became a thing in the last maybe two to five years. Where in 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 South Africa, sorry, whereas you know overseas, I would say a solid when when did Jack and Hill? Because she was the first. To do a collaboration ten with another brand, wasn't it? Yeah, about ten, it was years. ten years. Yeah, yeah. No, seriously, ten years. So we are what seven years behind. Always. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that is not necessarily the time frame because things do move quickly as as they move quickly, but I think you are going to have to start. Like, like they, they're they going to ha- have to have those experiences where they are let down by a campaign so that they can stop looking for influences based on numbers because the numbers game hasn't worked for them yet. So they have their own journey and their own lessons that they're going to have to learn. Um, there's nothing that we can really do about that. They are the business owners and they have a responsibility to be on top of their game and to hire a marketing team that is, on, that, that is on top of their game and if they don't want to hire one and they need to be the marketing team then they need to make sure that they understand how marketing works right now and there's not too much that we can really do about that
0: mm-hmm. and you can't just carry the same traditional media practices onto digital marketing it just doesn't translate very well um but speaking about the um nano influencers and influencers in general please explain to everybody for everybody that's listening what is a nano influencer what is a micro influencer a mega influencer and a celebrity influencer so that everybody can get it right because i feel like they all confuse them all
1: (laughs) that is so
2: funny (laughs) yeah it is very very confusing okay so these are very very loose guides um because everyone does have their own sort of understanding of it. But a nano influencer is anyone that has less than 10K followers. I would personally say anyone that has less than 15K followers. They tend to be grouped kind of in the same category. Mm -hmm. Um, And then anyone that has about 50K or less is considered a micro influencer. Then we start going, into the hundreds of thousands, low millions, those are the macro, and then after that you get the celebrities. Now what's interesting about the celebrity influencers is that they don't necessarily have to have millions and millions and millions and millions of followers, but they have a lot of credibility inside of their crafts and inside of like um, as, as like actors or as editors or as whatever they may be, for example, one of the Olsen sisters, the one who's in Marvel, I think her name's Elizabeth, she, mm. she is an influencer for Bobby Brown. Yeah. Like she, 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 she doesn't know makeup. She, um, her following isn't massive. There's nothing like it. Lots of influencers have way, way bigger followings than her, but she's still considered a celebrity influencer and might actually still be getting paid way more than influencers that have more of a following than her. So, there's lots of things that come into play when it comes to categorizing kinds of influencers.
0: Mm -hmm. Thank you for the guidelines. I know that you focus primarily on nano influencers. So, please tell us what is the power in
2: being a nano influencer? So, nano influencers have a closer relationship to their audience because they tend to engage more because they're small enough that they can respond to every single DM and they can respond to every single comment. Um, and then also, they tend to be more real life people. So if someone is at 9,000 followers and they have decided to open an account like mine that helps people to build a lifestyle and to build an um, income that gives them six figures every single month, people are more inclined to believe me because I'm on the ground with them. Compared to if Kim K turned around and was like, guys, come to my course. I'm going to teach you how to be a creator stroke influencer. People would would, would still attend for sure, but it's because she's Kim K and it's because of status. It is not because of relationships. So that is the power that nano influencers have. They have actual real life relationships. They have a lot of influence um, over their specific community because their community has influence over them. So the relationship is mutual. You and I don't have influence over Kim K, but she has massive, massive influence over regular people. So that is the major, major, major difference.
0: Mm. I love being an influencer now. (laughs) When you say that, (laughs) it's all about community (laughs) and (laughs) listening to community and working with them. It is mutually beneficial. Um, That's just beautiful. I just wanted to ask you one last thing. Where can people find you? What's the best way to contact you if they have any more questions? And if you have any bit of advice for somebody
2: starting out, what would you say as well? Awesome. So everyone can find me, XXKanya, um, K-H-A-N-Y-A, XX, um, on mostly YouTube and Instagram. If you type that in, you will find me on TikTok. There are no posts. You will find me on Snapchat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I am XX Kanya XX, literally everywhere. If you are if you have any questions about my products and services, you can go check out my website, um, www.xxkanyaxx.com. You can also drop me an email at hello at xxkanyaxx.com. Um, yeah, so I'm very, very accessible. I, I, I make a point of being able to connect with my, um, community and then any tips that I might have for anyone that's starting out, focus on community, focus on value and focus on your strengths. Do not feel any pressure to have to be inside makeup, fitness or lifestyle. You can be in the clown community. You can be in the clown community. <laughs> literally focus on your strengths. Oh, actually, this is perfect for um, you, Dee, because you mm-hmm. um, were first in beauty, and then you actually leaned into something that you've known and practiced, which is self-care since you were a kid. It's, it's literally being ingrained. And now, like, D is thriving, guys. Thriving. And she really didn't want... To... No, seriously, you are killing it. And she didn't want to swap her niche. I think we had this conversation for almost like six months.
0: Maybe a year. (laughs)
2: Literally. (laughs) And then she did it and she leaned into her strengths and now she's flourishing. So focus on your strengths, focus on the value that you can provide and focus on your community. And that is how you grow.
0: Thank you so much, (laughs) Kanya. You really are a godsend, but like I love all your advice and you are really as accessible as you say you are. I know we've had like, I don't know, like 10 voice notes in in Instagram, like in like a few minutes, in the space of like a few minutes before. And (laughs) yeah, you're just super helpful all the time.
2: (laughs) Thank you so much, Dee. Thank you so much, Megan. Um, Really and truly is such a pleasure. I think people undervalue community so much. Um, because a lot of my clients, a lot of the marketing, everything that I have is because of the community that 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 I have focused on and made myself accessible to. It really is a superpower.
1: Thank you so much for your insights. I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, you are such an inspiration, and I absolutely love your energy. I was feeling so tired today, and I feel refreshed and energized. Like yeah just yeah go and me do too work <laughs> i feel like going
0: straight to your course and just like picking up the next module <laughs> after speaking to you that's why i love it though like please go check out kanya's channels her youtube her instagram um it's just amazing and you will be moved and you will definitely
2: learn something so
0: thank you so much for being on conversations with women of kanya kanya we love speaking to you
2: such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I expect an invite back, to be honest. Like, <laughs> you are getting rid of me. <laughs> you
1: are not getting rid of me. <laughs> well, there are so many other topics within influencer marketing that we need to speak about. So you'll definitely get another invite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. There's so
0: much. um, And it's just getting bigger and bigger. So there's always going to be um something more to talk about anyway. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Hope you enjoy Thank the rest of your You, day.
1: you too. Bye, bye, bye. bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> bye. Thank you for joining Conversations with Women of Colour. Check out our social media channels. Search for at miss
0: underscore Danusha and The Authentic Girl across all platforms. And if you enjoyed the conversation, share it with your friends and we'll see you in the next one.